Oh dear, that's been a rush. Hello, I'd like to welcome everyone to We Go Again podcast. It's Christmas Smith, who looks like he's walked door here. And believe it or not, it's myself, Rob Overfield, returning to the podcast this week after a couple of weeks of concerning with other things. But there's still plenty to talk about. Good to have you back, Rob, mm. here in Berkshire. It's me, James Bartby, and um, I thought we'd just talk about Huddersfield Town for the rest of the uh, podcast. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can talk about Huddersfield if you want. I, I, I can't believe that the Cowleys have uh, been at Lincoln for three years. Three and a half. No, yeah. I thought I didn't think it was as long as that. When yeah. I saw it, I thought, "Hold on, they've only been down yeah. about a year." Not quick, hasn't it? It's, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, before we get into the body of the show, yeah, I, I'm so excited by this appointment. It, they're, the, they're the guys I wanted as soon as um, Jan Siebert was sacked. These were the only guys that I wanted to start seeing their names being linked in the in the betting was, you know, was a pipe dream. I thought, I thought there's no way we're getting them because. We were, you know, we're second bottom. We've had one point. We've won four games in the last fifty-seven. So, for us to think, for, you know, that we that we're going to get two two guys that had nothing but success um, to come into our club in the the shambles that we are at the minute is, um, you know, I, I never thought we could do it. But money talks. Um, apparently, we've um, we've tenfolded their salary, which. You know, they deserve, they've earned it, they've come up the hard way. Um, mm. Myself and Rob know that know of them quite well because of um, their days at Concord. About mm-hmm. nothing, as I said, they've had nothing but success. They had three promotions with Concord, had one season with Braintree and took them to the highest ever finish in their history. Moved on to Lincoln, mm. they've had two promotions there, they've won the FA Trophy, they've got to an FA Cup quarter final while they were still in the conference. <laughs> I mean, it's. I've just watched the. Um, I've watched it a couple of times now. Their first press conference, which is on uh, Huddersfield Town's YouTube channel, and they're very respectful of of where they've come from. Then, you know, they're very down to earth Essex lads, PE teachers in their uh, by profession um, until they got the Lincoln job. So up until three and a half years ago, they were still in high school teaching PE, um, and it's it's incredible. They've. It's it's an interesting thing. They said they've managed in eight of the nine top divisions in England. Because, um, you know, and, and then most of the time they've got promoted into those. The only two they haven't got promoted into are the National League, um, where they've moved from Concord to Braintree, and then now the Championship, where they've moved from Lincoln to Huddersfield. Uh, the rest of them, they've, they've earned promotion into those divisions with the clubs. Um, five promotions in 13 seasons, and as I say, FA Trophy as well, and an FA Cup quarter final was Arsenal, I think, wasn't it, that they played? So, mm-hmm. It's, you know they've had a nothing but success. I'm hoping that continues. You kind of 13 years of success. You kind of expecting them the the due at the due a crap year. But I think <laughs> I think they've got the backing, um, and they're, they're here for the certainly for the medium to long term. Um, obviously, their aim is the Premier League. Hopefully, that's with Huddersfield again. Um, but oh, I cannot wait now for the for the game. Oh, <laughs> you mentioned I can watch it. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, that they were they came into the betting. Did you have a footer? No, no, I'm not a betting man. Um, You're not uh, like Jordan Stevens then from Leeds, who's just been banned for six oh. weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. How can somebody, uh, regardless of his season or not, and regardless of whether he's 19, 59 bets, five including the team he plays for? Mm. Well. 
they know the, the rules are. They've, they've been told often enough over the last two or three seasons the fact that you are not allowed to bet on any football, no matter what level it is at. And to then even bet on one match involving your own team. <laughs> I think he's actually been lucky to only get six weeks. He certainly has. Um, I, think I, it, I, think, I think it should have been, you know, six months possibly. Because well, at 19, he's been, in some respects, <clears throat> it's almost not once they've been led down the garden path, but he's, whoever is responsible for making the players aware at Leeds United about the responsibilities with regards bookmakers and betting have they done their job properly it doesn't you don't know you, i mean you, you say about the length of the ban i remember one of the first cases was um was at a local club um back when i um when i lived near near hampton uh, the geographically the most local club was hanworth villa and one of their strikers mm. Ori shannon who um scored goals galore for the team he got a two-year ban for it mm. uh, Along with someone else, I can't remember the other guy that was involved. Um, but yeah, so when you say six weeks, very, very lenient, especially for mm. that amount of bets as well. Because pretty sure Laurie Shannon's was not as many um, as as many bets as that. Slow mm. league, slow league, so they always punch it higher. True, very true. Mm. There is that. There is that. Um, but the thing that really I find struggle to believe is. Fair enough, it's been publicised what it is, you know, until 10th of October. Find £1,200. I don't suppose that's, you know, a great amount. But it's the chief executive of Leeds United saying, we are hugely disappointed by the FA's choice of sanction. Excuse me? You know, disappointed by the fact that he's been, his player has been given six weeks. Find £1,200. In a, with a sanction that most people would class as being, as we have, lenient. And we've got somebody here saying we are disappointed in the choice of sanction. The argument is, you know, we are particularly disappointed that the sanction was determined by two former professional footballers who we hoped would have a better understanding of the impact of their decision. That is basically saying two professional footballers basically did let him off. They'd give him, you know, a couple of matches find a couple of hundred quid wrong sorry sorry mr angus Kinnear. that is not what the, what this disciplinary committee is about some respects a example has to be made of him at 19 did we take any notice of what we were being told did we listen to anybody don't think we did i don't know what you were like james i don't know what you were like Kristen, but you know, here he is at 19, he's not listened to what he has been told from the FA that you do not bet on any footballers. Not to say you can't go betting on the, on the horses, go bet on the greyhound, cricket, anything you like, but just don't bet on football. And for, and yet the, his ultimate boss, the chief executive of the club he is contracted to, is basically saying we are disappointed by the choice of sanction. I'm sorry, guys, but... That's just completely bang out of line. You either support the FA or you've got nothing to do with them and you think they're all a bunch of crooks. Well, some people do anyway. But <laughs> it's just a case of the discipline. The disciplinary sanctions are well known. You know what the response is. You know what you're going to get. And yet you're still getting people saying, oh, we're disappointed the length of it's too long. In some respects, it should have been out to Christmas. And then that would have said to people, this is what you get if you just ignore what you're told. 
You haven't missed me, have you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're spot on. You fit the nail on the head there, to yeah. be honest. Um, I mean, I suppose if if you wanted to, um, you could you could maybe cite the age, but there's, there's no excuse. You're you're a you know you're a, you're a footballer. Mm. It's, it, it 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 was a big thing. It's been a big thing over the last few years. Mm. So there's you know there can't really be any excuse for it. So. Um, yeah, he'll learn from it. He'll regret it. As you say, bet on other sports. You don't need to bet on football. It's certainly not the team that you're playing for. Oh, God, no. No, it's, you, definitely, you definitely don't. But it, it comes to do with betting, which is not something I can really uh, understand anyway, especially things that aren't a certain. Um, so that's the last thing. The only one who wins is the bookies. Um, mm. what, what happens to the £1,200? Where does that go into? Uh, it won't go to the FA. It must go no. into like a football benevolent fund or something like that, surely. Uh, to be honest, I'm not sure, but I could actually believe, and I don't know if this is true or not, but wondering if they, it might be sort of like given to um, some charity or other that works alongside people that have got a gambling problem in football or in sport. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, I mean, the, the amount of... Um, the amount of money raised over the, you know, every week in the fines, it, it, I'm a, I, I would hope it's put to good use. So I've never really thought about it, to be honest. Mm. It's Tony, same with, Tony same Pulis with did back in 2015. Mm. <laughs> just wondering, just asking, where does the money go? Well, I, it's the same with the, with mm. the internal fines at a club. If you, you know, if you're late for training or if you get your Dirt. take mobile phone to dinner or something. Dirty you know, boots. <laughs> yeah, what what happens? What happens to the fans in that respect? Does it go to a local charity? Does it go towards like the Christmas do? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I know uh, at Trinity they used to have all player fines internally at the club used to go into the Christmas pot. Yeah, I mean, mm. for a league club, it's perfect because it probably would mm. pay for it for a yeah. for a you know for a club like um, I'd uh, use Rob's Club, Hull City, or Huddersfield, or Man United, or Barcelona. Mm. Maybe maybe it goes to a, a local school or local charities, local mm. kids youth club or something like that. Maybe because mm. uh, you know professional clubs don't need it, regardless no. of what level you're at. You don't need the fine money because you set mm. it accordingly. Don't you? So, yeah, it would yeah. be interesting to know. If the the centralised ones, the FA ones, that would be interesting mm. to know. Yeah, it uh, would be interesting to find out. I mean, I'm sure it goes uh, into the football foundation and the grassroots and things like that. And yeah. Yeah, many, many charities. Pretty sure it would be. Yeah, yeah. So, are we going to talk about England? I was going to talk about England. Yeah, because I was thinking, how can you? When in my life have I ever thought England scored nine goals in two games? Yet, yeah, I thought they didn't play very well. Well, and it's like they've scored nineteen now in four so yeah. far in the qualifiers. I mean, look, it's it, you know it, the the group is. You know, I mean, it, we couldn't have handpicked an easier group, which, you know, you could say is a good thing or a bad thing, um, depending it's on which... bloody defended. I'm glad we are in an easy group. <laughs> mm. I have yeah. to hold my hands up and say I didn't see any of it because I was actually in the local county headquarters, county FA headquarters, doing a, doing an online training session, so I didn't actually see much of it. Well, I mean, the, the, the Bulgaria game was pretty much as, it, as the scoreline suggests. It was mm. 4-0. It was non-competitive, really. I mean, it was... Bulgaria were we created a there. couple of chances before we did. Yeah, we? yeah, and once once we scored, it was like right, the nerves are settled. We can 
we can just mm. play it now and we'll we'll go on and win. Kosovo, I thought, were absolutely superb. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the manager said they're going to go at us, they're going to press, they're going to, they're not going to sit back, they're not going to show us too much respect they're going to go out and play their game and credit to them you know they did that they they forced well they didn't force the error did they they capitalized on the error from michael Keane, scored a lovely first goal after 30 odd seconds um and then just continued to play even as we racked up the goals i mean at times we were phenomenal in that first half bear in mind it was kosovo you know a team that is only three years old fair enough um but raheem sterling i mean I love this guy more and more every week. He's, a, he's an incredible yeah, he was, footballer. He he's an incredible man, young man off the pitch. He's he's just matured well. Right, he is the perfect, perfect, perfect player, perfect person to um, to spearhead the um, the England team for well seven or eight years. What is he? Twenty four, I think. Mm. It's ridiculous mm. to think that he's still so young because he's been around forever. Um, Jaden Sancho was superb. Um, it, it's it was it was just a, it was a fun game, and that's it. Just seems to be fun to watch England. Now. I mean, I heard a lot of criticism about the Bulgaria game or apathy, I suppose. Well, it was only Bulgaria. It was a routine mm. win. It's, how many times have we seen these games against routine opposition not bring mm. a win? Mm. Or if you get in, it's one nil. It's scrappy. It was dominant, it was 4-0, it was, you know, it was what we wanted. And then we get a fun game like that, where the te- you know, our opposition are, all right, they're, they're ranked 120th in the world, which is a false ranking, again, because of how young they are. That's why they're so low. Mm-hmm. They won't be that low for long, because I watched their game as well against uh, the Czech Republic at the weekend, because um, their left-back, who plays right-back for us, uh, Florin Haddish and I was playing, so I wanted, you know, I took an interest in the match. And they were brilliant then as well. And they're just, they're just, they're, they're having the time of their life. They celebrated the win against the Czech Republic like they won the Euros. Um, they celebrated all their goals against England like, like it, you know, like it meant something. They, they, it, it felt like they were a new team. It felt like you were on the journey with them. They are such fun to watch. They really were. And I really, really hope that they do qualify. Because can you imagine? Four years as a team and they're going to they could be at a Euros when it goes around that would be incredible um, so yeah I mean Gareth Southgate's doing an, an amazing job it seems to suit him not being a club manager not having that daily rigmarole of being able to go around and just watch games every week uh, be it Jadon Sancho in Dortmund or Kieran Trippier now in Madrid or going around London and taking in three or four games over a weekend and how they fall it just seems to it just seems to suit him. It just mm. looks like just a little thing. Unlike the Costa Rica manager, I don't know if you saw this, he quit after eight games as Costa Rica manager this week because it was too boring. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't, it, because having the players every two months, well, he just didn't like it. Yeah, it was boring. Nothing to do he, yeah. between hand. You've got to love yeah. that, honestly. You've got to love but that. The, but then again, you do get coaches that, as we found with Gareth Southgate, it just... It just they used to. They know the the day to day stuff. Yeah, is almost too much for him. But put him in the environment of a of a national team coach, where he can take a step back. He's not drawn into any kind of, you know, anything that's happening on the, you know, at club level. And he can, as you said, James, he can go around, watch games, talk to you know, talk to players, talk to managers, 
And for some people, it just fits, and it obviously yeah. fits him. Yeah. And when you see him interviewed as well, doesn't he just look as if he's almost like made for the role? He's, he's perfect. He's perfect for the job. Yeah, he's, he's you absolutely know, he, perfect for the job. I mean, he well, comes he only to... played once every two months when he was playing as a player. <laughs> he was crap the rest of the time. Well, <laughs> or injured. Um, but he was, he, was under, he was the under-21 manager as well, so he, he, he is was. used to the, yeah. the schedule now being an international manager. Um, yes. But he's, he's a student. He's a very intelligent, very studious. Yes. It's not just football. I mean... Um, we've know we know that he's gone and watched baseball coaching and and NFL coaching and yeah. just to get the way of, of how they do it, he's brought certain aspects from that, like the media day before the World Cup, where mm-hmm. they all the players and he and he himself they all sat at, at a table each, and mm-hmm. they just journalists just queued up to, um, yeah. to chat to them for five minutes, and you know you that's the first time that's ever happened, and it was it was brilliant. It it. It got the team across perfectly because then they're not being um, they're not they're not being watched as they talk, so they they can be themselves, and that that's mm. where like Sterling's personality has come across over these last eighteen months. Uh, that mm. how mature and how intelligent, you know, just what a role model he is, and you know, and just like I say, I've said it before in this podcast, he's. I, I love him more every week. I don't support Man City. I don't support Liverpool. I don't support QPR. But I've watched. You know, he's one of those players that you just kind of a wonder kid comes on the scene and you, you take notice of him. Don't you? Mm-hmm. I mean, Pep Guardiola has to take a lot of credit for what he's got out of Raheem Sterling, but all the credit goes to Raheem I, Sterling. I, he say, um, I, I will always take issue with how good that bloke is as a manager. Um, but look, yeah, look, but he, no, he, no. What I mean is that maybe he's just matured because he's 24 now. He's at the peak hmm. of his peak of his career, or he's starting starting to reach that lovely peak in the career, and that's a lot of what it is. It is, but hmm. I think it does help if you've got um, a manager as dedicated. You know, I mean, he, he is, Guardiola is all all in it. He will be working full time with Raheem. You know, he, mm-hmm. he he would have turned into an amazing player anyway. But I think he's I think he's a level up because of where he is. Um, for me, um, I've heard it said this week, and I totally agree. He is right on that tier below Ronaldo and Messi. He is he is up there. As soon as those two retire, he'll be in that group of players that's getting uh, getting talked about for for the Ballon d'Or and you know however much stock you put into an individual award like that in a team game if you are a footballer you would want mm. to win the basketball it is it is an amazing yeah. award to win as a player because it is recognition of your achievements in the game and the way he's going he will win it because the kid, the kid is just and i still call him a kid he's 24 he's a very mature young adult mm-hmm. but yeah i mean you just just feel like you're going to win a game when you, you just watch him in the first couple of minutes and you know he's on it and you know everything's going to be all right. He's oh, I love the guy and I love him much the week. Yeah, a phenomenal footballer and a phenomenal young man as well. No. <laughs> no, I completely agree with you. He is he has turned into but he must have been, he must have been known because when he was 21 when he was moved across to Man City from Liverpool, they sold him for 49 years. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. that was a 21-year-old. So, yeah. 
that everybody knew he was. I don't. I can't remember how much Liverpool bought him from when they got him. But nowhere near that. <laughs> no, definitely nowhere near that. But he's a phenomenal talent, and in some respects, it was a shame that he's at Man City, where he's surrounded by other people. Yes, he's standing out, but it's whether or not he's going to be able to go on and just. Do you know if if we'd have? I mean, it's only been in, it's only been since the World Cup because du- before the World Cup and during the World Cup, there was the whole thing that he hadn't scored for ages. There was a lot of criticism. Mm. If he was playing like that then, like he is now, we'd have won the World Cup because he would have, you know, he would have lit it up for us. He would have scored goals. Um, I fully believe that because I, for some, something has happened over the course of last season and the and the start of this season. You know those. Well, it's not even 18 months, is it? 14, 15 no. months since Cup. Mm-hmm. Something has happened in that that he just, you know, he can't stop scoring. He's, if he'd have been he's in getting himself sort of in the position now. That's, that's the yeah. thing. He's trusting mm-hmm. himself to mm-hmm. be in those positions. And yeah. you saw his goal. I, you saw his goal that he scored against um, Kosovo. The first one was just a nice goal. The one he scored against uh, Bulgaria was an interesting one because he completely missed it, but he managed to get it in. Yeah. That's yeah. He's just in one of those... Yeah. Everything's... And then, and then you go back to that game in in Seville against Spain when we were 3-0 up and won 3-2 in the Nations League. And he off the back of the World Cup and he's, he's run of games without scoring and then he's, he's played through and smashes an unbelievable shot into the top corner mm. against David De Gea in Spain against mm. Spain and it was mm. it was the finish of someone who scores every week not someone who's got the pressure on his shoulders and the criticism that mm. he's from the World Cup and before because he's mm. got for England I think he's scored in every game for England since then it seems like it mm. um, I mean some of the goals he's sc- he, some of the goals he's scoring are the kind of goals where someone as you've said is trusting the game and he's now got the confidence because because of the coaching he's getting either at a club level, how much of it is Guardiola, how much of it is Southgate, it would be hard to say, but if you put the two of them together, there is no wonder that he's scoring goals. I think what he's probably getting is the strict the strict father from Guardiola and then mm. the kind uncle the kind uncle from Southgate. I get the Yeah. That's the it's, way I, that's the way I interpret mm. it. It's like Guardiola's pushing him, pushing him, pushing him and Southgate's saying, Look, you are you are the man. You are the future. Yeah. I, and, I, also, and I think if you build him up, the, I mean, a lot of us accuse footballers of ego and arrogance and that, but I think for a player like Raheem Sterling, if, if yeah. you build his ego up, I think all that does is make him float on the pitch. <laughs> you just, it makes him <laughs> absolutely unstoppable. You, can I, can I yeah. tell you some stats? Because I like stats. Go on then, go on yeah. then. We all, we all love a stat. I'm, go on. I'm always, he's only got a 2.55 goals per game. Oh, sorry, he's got a goal every 2.55 games for Man City. Really? Good grief. Going to the Fonteville Knowledge Wikipedia. But that well, is still good, it, though. It is, but it, of course... Well, it's not, because it, his ga- goals per game for Liverpool... Mm. I'll just do this right in my ...was 5.28. So his games, his, games, his games thing, so 2.54... If he can get that below two, he's going to be one of the best players in the world I think, ever. Yeah. I, I, to be fair, it'd be interesting to see what it was before the start of last season because last season mm. 
he scored goals. Um, he would have he would have been under two last season. Um, it it seemed like last season was the, was his breakout. Really, it would, yeah. England is his worst because it's only five. It's five point three. Yeah, games. he went on that long. He went on that long streak, didn't he? Of, oh, he did. He did. Oh, mm. Liverpool, Liverpool signing for six hundred grand. Um, oh, God. Mm. Uh, so with like, rising, probably rose up to fifty-five million. But he, he never made a hundred appearances for Liverpool, so that may not. I don't know what the obviously um, internet of that were, but mm. they would they would have they would have had sell-on clauses and well, things definitely. like that for QPR, but. Can you imagine now if, like Real Madrid or Barcelona or Bayern Munich or Juve come in for him? I mean, you, you're getting close to Neymar money, I think. For, for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It would be in, it would be an obscene amount of money to get him out of there. He's loving his football. He's loving life. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, can't wait to see him playing again. Can't wait for okay. the weekend. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> just to compare him against some of the greats, the two we've already mentioned. Um, if you combine, um, I'll do balance that in a second. But let's go with Messi in 112 goals in 135 appearances. Mm-hmm. Not bad. That's when, 0.83. When when's that for? What's this is this is only up to the seventh. I'm just trying to work out. This is, this is in the Champions League. Okay. Yeah. So that's a crazy stat. <laughs> yeah, but Messi's got virtually a goal a game for his entire career. It's 603 mm. goals that's in about I mean. 685 he's, games. Yeah, he's he's it's just out on his own. He's just you know he's, no, he's one not. of those players. Not, he's no, one of those players Ronaldo's that you think of as Ronaldo's slightly better because probably because he's yeah. played a few more games, but he's yeah. slightly better at 0.78 um, ratio of goals to games. Wow. That's so crazy, and that, I would then, still want to see who the who, who you know who the matches have been against though. Um, well, to be fair, <laughs> a lot of time, <laughs> a lot of the time, so Ronaldo best in Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but a, a lot of the time, Ronaldo does score like four against uh, like Malmo or something in the in the group stage. But mm. you know, he he has gone to the final in the last mm. well mm. not season, but the three before that where mm. with Messi, Messi didn't, but. Um, mm. You all know my feelings on which one I prefer out of the two. Uh, not saying that I particularly dislike the other one. He's a phenomenal player in his own right, but you know, I'd always fall on Messi's side in that debate. But for me, yeah, I mean, I don't think we'll ever see two, one player in our lifetimes get up to that level, let alone have mm-hmm. Messi and Ronaldo. But Sterling, Neymar, you know, there's a, there's a group of players. Is Neymar ever playing again for PSG? That's the problem. But, I don't care. It's not Barcelona, so I don't care. <laughs> 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 he, didn't, he didn't come back. He can he can rot in France, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but he is still mm. a phenomenal player when he plays. Um, mm. I think I think Sterling's big big rival for the um, the, the Ballon d'Or and things like that will be Kylian Mbappe. I mean, he is something else. But Sterling's not that far behind him, to be honest. No, and I think he's, he's I think he's a I think he's a better all round footballer, and I think he's a lot more consistent. Um, I think Mbappe at the minute, I mean, he's 19, for God's sake, you know. Well, this is it. It's frightening. But I think at the minute, he's just an out-and-out goal scorer. If he Mm. starts adding the little bits of game that Sterling's got, then the rest Mm. of the world's in trouble. Um, But at the minute, if I had had unlimited budget, I think I would buy Sterling at the minute because... I just think those extra five years' experience are priceless, Mm. to be fair. And... um, Mm. This is where I, I I would differ. If I had an unlimited budget, 
I would spend it on Fort William to celebrate <laughs> their first <clears throat> league win in 882 you would, days. You wouldn't need an unlimited budget. Just dig out what's behind your sofa. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, well, phenomenal. Yeah, we, it was, uh, Rob shared this to our WhatsApp group. Mm. So, yeah, I'll let, you, I'll let you take this one, Rob. Go for it. Yeah, it was a case of, we all know the story of Fort William. We've seen them, we've seen the documentary, we've seen them on the BBC website and so on. But, um, just checking my dates, last night um, they had a league match at home. And, um, You've got to pronounce their opposition, Rob. Clathna Cudding. Yeah, I've been around, and um, it was. But then again, the opponents are bottom. Believe it or not, they are bottom. Wow, below and, Fort William. Yeah, below Fort William. But they were below Fort William even before team fought this match. And Fort William last night managed to actually get a, a win. Goal to nil doesn't matter. It's three points, and for them, for going over what two and a, nearly two and a half years. Since the last win in the league, they've had cup wins. But to win in the league after all that time, I reckon there was a lot of people in Fort William with absolutely stonking hangovers this morning. <laughs> Can I? How the hell is a team below them in the t- in the league when they haven't won for over two years? How is anybody? Because they had a minus seventeen goal. They got minus. There's a difference in goal difference. You see. Oh God! You see. Fort William Fort- had like a minus 200 goal difference last season. They did, but this season, I think it's only about, before minus last night, 14. minus 14, wow. you see. So people, so they've tightened up at the back already. Yeah. And how many games is that, Kristen? You've obviously got the league table there. 14, I think it's 14, 14, 14 games. See, 14 games, 14 goals. Completely wow. different team. You know, just look at them now. They, you know, they're no worse. They're a lot better now at the back by appearances than what they had before. Because, I mean, yeah, they've got influx of players. I think some came from um, Inverness, wasn't it? I think I think it was Inverness. Yeah, in, in yeah Inverness Cali gave Inverness Cali, you know, loaned them some, I don't know if it was academy players or reserve players. And um, you can see the difference in Fort William now. And think of the confidence this is going to give the club, the team, but the community as well. Because all the work that's been done over the summer, all the fundraising that's been done over the summer, people will now think we can support them again. And people will start going back. And the crowds will get bigger. They'll be able to raise more funds. They'll be able to slowly improve. And that could be just on the back of this one goal-to-nil victory last night against Clacton McCudden. It just goes to show that in football, you're never truly out. And they're, they're, fourth, they're fourth bottom now on the back of yep. that as well. Yep. Yes. yep, they are. So it's a case of they can build on this. You know, like I say, you know, next match, um, you know, next match on Saturday, why can't they go and do it again? Why can't they just go out and, you know, they can think, well, we can win. It's not just us, we can win. It's going to be amazing times up there, you know, on, you know, on the west coast of Scotland. Amazing times. They're, they're away at Bucky Thistle on, uh, on Saturday. And that's it. And that's the journey, because you think about it, because Bucky is right across the other side of the uh, country, and they're also it, second second in the league at the minute. Exactly. <laughs> so it's got. So it's, I mean, it's a long journey against a team that's you know doing so well as what Bucky Thistle are, and that's going to be a challenge for them. But on the back of last night, they're going to think we can still put up a fight. We can still surprise them, and they'll go into that match thinking that they can, and that's not a bad thing. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a, it's a, it is a great story, and um, you know, it's one obviously that we will we will follow <laughs> over the season. And 
I'm just mm. looking. They're, they're 19 points off the lead. Only one team goes up. Um, mm. uh, there's a few games to go yet. So yeah, fingers crossed. Mm. A, a, a mid-table finish, and I think they would yeah. party, party all summer long. Oh no question. I think they no would. Question. I think speaking of strange things, um, <clears throat> just to wrap this up for tonight, it's slightly shorter because uh, I was delayed a little bit. Um, Joe Jacobson. Oh, just, oh, oh. Let's bring this back to the Cowley's last match in charge of Lincoln. Three <laughs> nil. Was it three? I think it was three nil in the end. Three one. Three one. Three one. Sorry, yeah. I did them a disservice. They got a goal in their last match in charge, mm. but they do also be the ponderous uh, team to suffer a set piece hat trick from a left back, <laughs> of which only one of them was a free kick. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, this is an interesting one. I mean, um, I didn't see it at the time because because uh, one of the goals was actually initially given as an own goal. It was yeah, dubious. It was, yeah. But then that wonderfully named committee, the Dubious Goals Committee, I love the title because it makes it sound, you know, it just sounds really, really dubious in many respects. But, you know, they'd actually looked at it and decided that actually, no, it wasn't an own goal. It was direct from the corner. And um, that was the second goal. The first one came from a free kick from 20 yards. And then the third one, um, Jacobson just clipped over a corner. It floated in the air and uh, just dropped inside the far post. And the, I bet the keeper was thinking, oh, bloody hell. Because, <laughs> you know, when you get beaten by three set pieces, a lot of the time it's three different players. But from two from the corner, the keeper's going to be asking himself, was my positioning wrong? And 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 the Jacobson's going to be thinking, oh, easy game this. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just one of those amazing little incidences that you'll just never see again. Well, apparently the um, the fans when they got a corner after it, they were they were they were chanting shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you could, I mean, I, I just it, it's it's not just the nature of the goals, is it? It's the um, no. It's the fact that hat- Hattrick's been scored by a left-back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's just outrageous. Um, I mean, that's the kind of thing you might see once every five or ten years. It just never happens. But, you know, in Wickham, everybody will, know, everybody will now know Joe Jacobson because of what he did against Lincoln. <laughs> I, I bet there's a lot of um, championship scouts looking at him on the, on the weekend for his next game. Because, like, as you say, it's, it's, a, it's a performance like that. I mean, I... I don't know. I don't know of him. I, it's the first time I've I've heard his name. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he um, what he does going forward. Because yes. apparently he's a bit of a, a, a set piece expert. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I imagine there'll be quite a few scouts at his next game. Yeah. Look at, again. Looking at other reports, it seems like this isn't the first time he's scored direct from a corner. Apparently, last season he did it twice. <laughs> And it's bizarre because I've only I can only remember ever seeing it once, and it was um, it was funny enough. It was at Ashford Town, Middlesex. Um, yeah. I'll remember that because I only had one kid at the time, so going to a game was easy. Um, yeah. Except that day, uh, Callum, who is now ten and a half, he was probably two at the time. He was asleep. I was holding him. It was we were stood in the stands, and mm. Ashford Town were playing Slough Town, who were top of um, mm. top of the, um, ooh. It wouldn't would it no it wouldn't have been a combined count if I can't remember what no. it 
time. Um, wasn't in one of the lower leagues of the Southern League, was it? Oh, yeah, it might have been. Um, might have been. Yeah, Slough Town scored direct from a corner, and I, mm. I couldn't do anything about it because I had I had my two-year-old mm-hmm. in my arms at the time. Mm. Um, mm. But that's the only time I can ever remember seeing it in my four years on this planet. Yeah. He did it twice with one bat. Yeah, I've seen it happen twice in a game as um, in a game, but they were wind assisted, and so they were slightly freakish. Whereas, you know, these you know these two corners that went straight in by uh, by Joe Jacobson apparently weren't. So it's um, uh, I remember, yeah, I remember a long, long time ago. Chris Waddle, when he was at Bradford City, mm. in in his dotage, he he did it at, at Huddersfield yeah. on a, I think it was a Friday night in a in a three all draw, if I remember mm. rightly. I think Bradford went three nil up and we yeah. went back to three three, and he scored a direct for corner, but mm. I wasn't at the game. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's um, it, it's it seems weird that. You know, some of the world's greatest players, you'd think you'd put them on corners because they can do things like that. You see them do it in training. So, you know, but mm. Messi's never done it. Ronaldo's never done it. You know, it, it's it's weird because they can all do it in training. It's, it, I don't understand why they just don't have a go at it in the game. Mm. I will say mm. that I've never done it. And I think, that's I, don't think the... I don't think I could kick it from the corner flag to the goal. <laughs> no, I don't think I could either. <laughs> I'd be looking well, at you... the defense area. What you both do is you are out there on the internet uh, showing your wares. So, uh, James, where can we find you out there? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at uh, GamerJamesFM. Um, cannot wait for, for the new football manager. I am itching to get going in a few weeks on that. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned on Twitter mm. and YouTube for that. And, Rob, where can we find you? Uh, I'm still hiding away under the... Um now infamous Twitter name of Baby uh, Drobo. Um, busy at Hampton as always, busier than even I even knew how to be. So, yes, there's lots to do. No football for me this weekend because I'm going away. But, you know, next week, the following Saturday, sees the FA Cup rear its head in southwest London. Yay! So we're just going to see. Have or, Trinity have already been in the, the FA Cup rearing <laughs> mm-hmm. his head and mm-hmm. were successful at the replay. Oh, I thought you were going to say you've already been in it and they're now out of it. <laughs> no. <laughs> nearly, <laughs> nearly. They, they, there were two penalties against us at Banbury. Uh, the last one was six minutes into injury time. Uh, and of course, I won't repeat what our chairman said to the decision. Mm. Yeah. Where, who have Hampton got, Rob? They're uh, away at Chesham. Oh, OK. Which is a tough game because they're doing reasonably well. I think it's the Southern League Premier, I think. Yeah. I think it's the Premier. So it's, it's a case of... It's a tough... Line. Yeah. It, it's an easy one to get to, yeah. you know. But it's, it's still a tough game. And uh, given the way Hampton are shipping goals like a leaky <laughs> boat, yeah. it's, uh, it's going to be tricky. They're still one of my favourite teams on my um, on my mm. score app, and it, 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 mm. they are one of the more regular ones. We've got to call this. We've got to call this a day. So we can mm. always follow the show at We Go Again Podcast on Twitter. We Go Again Podcast on Facebook, or you can go to WeGoAgainPodcast.com on um, the web and find any of our back catalogue. Please subscribe to the show. You can find us on iTunes as well. Just do a search. We Go Again Podcast. 